0: The Creative Thrive Podcast, episode 100 10 Truths About Running a Handmade Business. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hey Thrivers, Jess here. Welcome to this very special episode of the Create and Thrive Podcast. In fact, it is episode number 100. And not only that, as I record this and this episode goes out, it's actually the Create and Thrive Podcast's second birthday as well. So it's double celebrations around here this week. Uh, I can't quite believe that I've done a hundred of these episodes now and that it's been two years since I thought, Gee, I reckon it'd be fun to do a podcast (laughs) and here we are two years later and it's still going strong with a podcast almost every week for the last two years. So thank you first of all to you for being here and a very special thank you to those of you who've been with me from the beginning, who've been listening for the past two years. It's been a fun ride and I'm looking forward to doing many, many more episodes as the future rolls on. So um, today's episode, I'm going to dive right into it and we're going to be talking about some fun things, but some hard truths as well, perhaps Uh, 10 truths about running a handmade business, things that kind of have come up over and over again for myself and for many others. That I work with uh, over the years in my almost nine years now of running a handmade business myself, which I still to this day do run. Uh, For those of you who might be new around these parts, my husband Nick and I actually run uh, sterling silver jewelry business, Ethereal from home and that is still going strong, and he makes most of the jewellery now. <laughs> Originally it was just me, but then I started teaching him how to make it, and so these days he does a lot of the jewellery making, and I still run the the business side of the business. So I've still, you know, I've got my, my foot in the water. I'm still running a handmade business every day just like you, and that's where I, you know, I draw a lot of my... Um, I guess, advice from, but also not only my own experience, but everybody else's experience, the hundreds of members of the Thriver Circle and the thousands of makers I've worked with over the last many, many years. So to today's episode, 10 truths. Um, a lot of these things are truths no matter what sort of business you run, but there is some definitely some handmade specific stuff in here. And throughout the episode, I'm going to refer back to previous podcasts that we've done as well so that uh, you can... Go check those out if it spikes your interest. So, number one, everything will take longer than you think it will. (laughs) And by everything, I mean everything. How long it will take you to set up a website, how long it will take you to take photos and edit them, how long it's going to take you to put a post on Instagram, how long it's going to take you to actually grow a business that gains some momentum. Everything is going to take longer than you think it will. So that's just a rule of thumb to remember, that if you think something's going to take time, a certain amount of time, give yourself twice as much, (laughs) twice as much time to get it done. I mean, I, you know, I've been doing this for so long, but I still fall in this trap. I try really hard to only schedule, you know, in a day what I realistically, with this rule in place, think I will get done. And a lot of the time I still don't manage to get everything done that I think I'm going to get done. So nobody's immune to this. And if you have actually solved this problem <laughs> and you are perfect at this, I would love to hear about it. But I'm pretty sure there's probably not going to be anyone out there who always gets things done in the time they think they're going to get done. So that goes for everything about your business. You know, if you're, you've are you got a turnaround time that you tell your customers, always make it a little bit longer than you think you're actually going to need because it's better to... Underpromise promise and over-deliver, then the opposite. You don't want to be over-promising and under-delivering. That's a recipe for disaster. And the same goes with everything in your business. Give yourself plenty of time. However, there is a, a rule that kind of goes with this one, <laughs> and that rule is work will expand to fill the time you al- allocate for it. I didn't come up with that. I can't remember who did. If you remember, tell me. It's it's a, it's a thing someone wrote once and that everybody quotes. Time will expand to, it might have been David Allen, getting things done. Is that right? Mm, we'll see. Time will expand. Uh, work will expand to take up the time you give for it. So so it's sort of a balancing act here. You know, Don't give yourself too much time because you will take that much time. But make sure you have enough time to do things. So you have to kind of play with your mind a little bit here and go, oh, well, I'm going to get this done by this date. But always make sure that that date is sooner than you actually need to have it done by. (laughs) And you'll be you'll be magic. So if you want to think more about this particular topic, go check out episode 30 of the podcast, which is five time management hacks you should try today. And there's some great stuff in there to help you manage your time a little bit more wisely. Number two, you cannot compete on price. So find something else that makes you stand out. All right. I see a lot of especially beginners fall into this trap of pricing too low because they've got this thing in their mind that if they're not the same or a lower price than a competitor or someone else who makes the same things, they're never going to get ahead. And I'm here to tell you right now, that is not the way to do things. If you're competing on price, you're treating yourself like a commodity, but you are not a commodity. You know, you simply cannot compete on price in the handmade marketplace Because not only are you competing with other people in your country who get your wages, you're also competing with some, you know, businesses in other countries that have much lower costs of living, so they can actually afford to charge less for their work. So you can't compete on price. That's just one reason. There's many reasons. So if you've fallen into that trap, it's something you have to, it's a hole you have to dig yourself out of, basically. So if you're not competing on price... What are you going to compete on? And this is where you need to look at making your business stand out in some way and making people fall in love with your business specifically and what you make specifically so that they choose to buy from you because they love what you do, not because you happen to make this thing. So there are a couple of ways to do this and I could talk many other episodes on this. And If you want to learn more about this, go listen to episode 53 why you need to find your micro niche, where I talk at length about this. So you need to find, you need to do your branding for starters, work out who your ideal customer is, get clear on what your brand stands for, what sets you apart, what makes you special, what's your unique selling point, your USP, you need to figure that out. And then tell that story, you know, tell that story through your photos, tell that story through your logo, tell that story through your item descriptions, through all your social media posts, the voice you use, All of those things will make you stand out. So you need to not be just one of the many. You need to, if you, and a a lot of people fall into this trap of, you know, branding themselves and they just, they look like everybody else. You don't want to do that. You want to be different. And another way of doing this is the micro niche angle. So what's a micro niche? Well, you probably know what a niche or niche is. So it's a little specific part of the market. A micro niche is going even further down. So to give my own business as an example, we make eco sterling silver wedding bands. That's pretty niche already. (laughs) Like most people, when they think of buying a wedding ring, they think of gold, right? So they go looking for a gold one. So we're a special niche within that marketplace. We're looking, um, you know, for the people who are a little bit alternate, the hipsters, the hippies, you know, people who don't have an attachment to gold a gold wedding ring because then a little bit less than traditional. So within that niche we have a micro niche which is oxidized sterling silver wedding bands and that's our best seller like far and away most of the things we sell are that. And that once we stumbled and we did stumble upon that niche our business just took off like so finding that micro niche that that one thing that you do really well and that's different to everybody else even within like a you know wedding rings like how many people in the world have a wedding ring so many people right it's a huge it's a huge market but finding your place within that market and not competing on price but competing because what you make is so special that nobody else does it that's when you will find success and your business will grow and stand out from the crowd, basically. Number three, you will have an unhappy customer or two or three or more. There is nowhere around this. Everyone who's in business will eventually have an unhappy customer. So the best thing to do is just prepare yourself for the eventuality that it will happen one day. And that, you know, when you do, if you've done your absolute best to be, a wonderful um you know helpful thoughtful person chances are it's probably not your fault that they're unhappy it might be circumstances might their item might have got lost or damaged in the post or you know something else has gone wrong or they didn't and this is a really common one they didn't read the product description properly so they're expecting something and they got what you actually said they were getting but they didn't realize that's what they were getting so It's probably not your fault but even so you need to be polite and um, caring and considerate of them and there's lots of ways to do this so I'm going to give you two podcasts to check out there's episode three which is how to provide outstanding online customer service and episode 82 how to deal with unhappy customers You'd be amazed how often you can actually turn an unhappy customer into a fan who will actually be positive, feel positive and promote your business. It's all about how you, you interact with them. Um, but there's a fine line to walk here because you have to stick, you have to stick to your policies and stick to your guns and not let an unhappy customer basically hold you hostage. Um, because sometimes they will do that and it's unpleasant some, you have to you have to feel for the person and if you've done your absolute best to help them and to solve their problem and they still are unhappy, they, they reach a point where you have to let go and just accept that you can't please everybody, 100% of the people, 100% of the time, no matter how hard you try. Now, that being said, if it is your fault, you need to fix it, fix it quickly and fix it well. So sometimes it will be your fault you have done something wrong you have made a mistake and if that's the case go above and beyond absolutely to make it up to that customer and to fix the problem because you know you just got to own your mistakes and accept that we're not perfect we're just a lot of us are just one people person or two people businesses where sometimes a system will break down gosh knows I've made mistakes. Nick and I've made mistakes over the years. You know, the very thankfully, very rare occasion where you've sent the wrong thing to the wrong person because something got crossed wires somewhere that's happened, but we just fixed it. You know, we, we apologized and we sent the person the right thing. And obviously they get got to keep the other thing as well. You know, there's, there's always ways to fix these situations and don't beat yourself up too much if you make a mistake, but do fix the, Fix the broken thing. So if there's been a breakdown in your system that's caused a mistake, figure out how to fix it so that it doesn't happen again. Just use it as a learning opportunity. We all make mistakes. The difference is how you react to it and how you use it as a learning opportunity to hopefully do better next time and not make that same mistake again. Number four, there will be days or weeks or months, whatever it might be, when you will fall out of love with your business and or lose your passion for your work. Don't freak out when this happens. It's actually pretty normal and it happens to most of us, at least once, if not multiple times over the years if we've been doing this thing for a long time. Uh, A couple episodes on this, episode 81, How to Overcome Creative Block with Christina Lowry, and the most recent, episode 99, Making Friends with the Tyranny of Never Being Finished. So, just accept that there's this creative cycle. We all go through it. There'll be times where you, you're really up, you know, you're really full of energy, full of passion, full of enthusiasm. And man, when you feel like that, just run with it. Like, don't go too crazy. Still make sure you get enough sleep and you know, you're exercising and all those basic things, but just ride the wave when it's up. And then when it's, when it ebbs, it's okay. Let it ebb, let it do its thing. And Take that time to recharge yourself, re-energize, do other things that you've been neglecting when you've been obsessed with your work. I know what that feels like, (laughs) you know, and just accept that there is this this rhythm in how you feel about your business and the amount of energy you're going to have and that it's okay and that, you know, chances are it's all going to come back and it's going to be great, but you'll learn to ride this wave over time. Okay, so number five, (laughs) no less than 50% of your time will be spent on non-making tasks, no less. So I would say, and other people have said this, you know, when you're in the first year, two years, maybe even more of your business, it's a lot more than 50% of your time will be spent on the business rather than on making stuff. And this is normal and this is to be expected And if you don't do it, your business won't grow. If you spend all of your time making stuff and no time building the business, it just won't grow. You need to invest the time into your website, your photos, your social media, your marketing, your business education, your networking, all of that stuff can't be avoided. It has to be done and hopefully... If you've decided to turn your craft into a business, you actually kind of enjoy that stuff because if you don't, it's going to be harder. <laughs> so if you really loathe some aspects of the business side of the business, I strongly recommend you get some help with that because if you're neglecting it, you're only going to shoot yourself in the foot. You're gonna you're gonna damage your growth, um, and you're gonna it's going to be slower than you would like. You know, you really do need to be ready to devote a lot of time to the business side of your business. And you know, hopefully, it's fun and you find it a challenge. Like I love it. I I love business. Goodness knows if you asked me 10 years ago, I would have laughed at you <laughs> if you told me, you you know, you can love running a business. It's going to be great. I'm like, are you serious business? Boring. It's really not like if you like learning and you like experimenting and you like challenge business is like the ultimate challenge because when you do it right, you make money. Like how great is that? <laughs> it's the ultimate reward for, t- for the time you've invested. You know, you make money and hopefully you also make the world a happier place. You make ha- people ha- you know, customers happy, you create something lovely, it's a win-win-win really. So the more time, especially in the beginning, you can devote to growing your business, the faster it will grow and, you know, the more you will figure things out and the faster you can figure stuff out and get your head around things, again, the faster your business will grow. So it's really important to not neglect the business side of your business. At any stage though, like even me, I've been, like I said, I've been in business uh, for almost nine years now. And I still have to spend a decent amount of time on the business side of things. You know, there's blog posts to write and emails to send and social media to do and customers to talk to every single day. Like it's, it's important and it's urgent and it's a vital part of the business. So just, you know, go into it with your eyes wide open that if you, if you're in that transition stage and you're still considering whether you want to turn your hobby into a business, really consider that. Do you enjoy business? Do you enjoy that challenge? Do you enjoy learning new things? And let that help you guide you to make that decision. So go check out episode 62, making the transition from hobbyist to business owner for more on that one. Number six, there is a wall that you will hit. So this is as you grow your business, you're one person. I'm, I'm assuming there might be two of you or more, but I'm assuming you're a one person show at this stage. There will come a point where you hit a wall and this wall is I've run out of time to actually do anything more than I'm already doing. So it may happen that you're getting a certain number of orders and you literally cannot handle any more orders than you're already getting or something else pops up in your life at this stage. And it takes away the time that you were spending on your business no matter what the cause is, you will hit that wall eventually. And when that happens, you have to decide if you're happy to stay inside the wall or break it down and grow outside of it. Now, to grow outside of or beyond the wall, you need to bring other people into the business. That, that's the only way to do it. You know, you are the, you need to bring other people on board in some capacity or another to take some of the workload off you. Uh, so that may, well, it may be bringing people into the business. Usually it may also be bringing help into other aspects of your life, you know, outsourcing the cleaning or, <laughs> you know, um, popping the kids in childcare for half a day and or, or extra or something, whatever it is, like think outside the box, look at your entire life and think, what can I outsource? <laughs> Cause something has to give and hopefully it's not your business, but sometimes it will be. And for a period of time, life happens, right? But hopefully it's not. So decide at that point or hopefully before you hit the wall really is the time to think about this. Think about the tasks that you would be happy to bring someone else on board to help you with and start planning for that. Like if it's packaging, write down exactly how you like things to be packaged. Um, If it's making, think about how you can teach someone to do part or all of the making process. If it's your accounting, whatever it is. Get clear on the system that you follow and that you want someone else to follow. Make sure it's clear so that when you do bring someone else on board, it's very easy to teach them that system. And yes, there is always, there is always a transition period when you bring someone into your business where it's more work. <laughs> you know, it's always more work to train someone, but then when they're trained, oh my goodness, it's brilliant. <laughs> you can, you can relax and know that that. That job is being done for you, and then you can refocus on the things that will make your business continue to grow. And you know what? If you hit that wall and you decide, that's it, I I don't want to go any further, that's okay. That's what Nick and I did. Like, I brought him into the business, and then we reached a point where we're like, you know, this amount of orders per week, per month, whatever, that's our cap. Like, we don't want to go beyond that we we don't have any interest in growing uh beyond that amount of orders because we still well one we don't want to bring another person into the ethereal business and two we still want to enjoy our life <laughs> you know so there's that balancing point and i actually these days you know like when we're getting a certain number of orders, I actually go quiet on social media and stuff because I don't actually want to be driving more traffic. So you may reach that point where you have to actually pull back a little bit to keep things at the level that you're comfortable with, that you want them to be. You don't always have to grow. I know there's this is like, it's this big capitalist myth that if you're not growing, you're dying. And I don't agree with that necessarily. Um, I think it's okay to reach a point where you're happy. Now, That doesn't mean you don't evolve and you don't try new things and you don't keep things fresh, but it's okay not to get bigger if you don't want to. As long as you're doing what you want to do and you're fulfilling your dream for how your business is and how much money it's making and how much time it's taking, then that's okay. But if you do want to expand, here's an episode for you. Episode 97, how to expand your business with Poppy Treferi. Check that one out. So with that in mind, number seven is, is, um, on the same path, which is you can't do it alone. So even if you are a one person business, you're not doing it by yourself. You know, you're not inventing everything from scratch. You're not figuring everything out from the beginning. You're actually getting help, whether that's from Google or YouTube or podcasts like mine or other makers in your local community or in your online community, you really do need help and advice to figure things out. And the faster you can, you know, get that help and learn that stuff from other people, it cuts down your development time so much because you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to seek out um, advice and guidance from people who've done what you want to do. And I think, I think that's the best way to go, you know, in, 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 throughout history you know until the modern times and even still now the way you learnt a craft or learnt about something was to learn from someone who'd done it before you a mentor someone who had successfully done what it is you want to learn and that is always I believe the best person to learn from and that doesn't mean they have to be like super duper far ahead of you it might just be that this person did this thing six months ago and it worked really well and so now they're going to share with you how they did it and you might try it and it works really well from you and then you can pass that on to someone else who's coming up um trying that thing and you can solve that problem for them and it's brilliant and that's how the world goes around you know we help each other out and we give each other those little tips and every little bit makes a difference So you don't try to do it alone. Don't be afraid to ask help. Go out there and find a community uh, somewhere, whether it's, you know, in your local community, if it's an online community like my Thriver Circle or another one, whatever, whatever community feels like your people, go find it and it will really help. I, I can't stress how much. difference it made to me when I was starting out to have a community like this I had an online community like this when I was starting out and those people made such a difference to me just not only practically but also emotionally you know that support and spending time with other people who understand what you're trying to do it really makes a huge difference so um, an episode for you on this one is actually about business partners. That's something else you might consider. And it's episode 77, How to Run an Effective Business Partnership with Nicole and Delilah from Dear Handmade Life. Number eight. <laughs> and this is one Nick actually suggested. I I said to him, I'm, I'm doing this podcast, you know, 10 truths about running a handmade business. And he's like, working for yourself is the best. <laughs> And he's, he's right, you know, working for yourself is better and it's actually more secure these days than working for someone else. You know, we live in a time of upheaval when it comes to work and the fate, the the way work is happening in the world, how careers are evolving. And honestly, I've never felt more secure in my financial status than I do now that I am responsible for my money and that I am my business is what's bringing my my money in and my livelihood. I'm not reliant on, you know, pleasing a boss who could fire me anytime they want to. I don't have a limited salary that is never going to get any better, no matter how hard I work. You know, working for yourself, you are in control. You decide how much work you want to do. You decide what work you want to do. You decide your own goals, your own financial goals and other goals for what you want your work to be in the world and there's no cap, you know, the only cap on your business for how big your business can grow and how much money it can make is you. And that's a really scary, but also really exciting thing. You know, if, if you can work it out, if you can figure this whole thing out and work out how to make a successful business and that makes it a decent amount of money, you will never have a more secure job than that i don't think in this modern world um you know so it's really is a very secure feeling to have your business and and bring it, be bringing in that money yourself and it's just awesome <laughs> especially you know if you're a person who likes control and likes to be in charge um then you're going to you're going to love working for yourself and you know if you are If you have a lot of ideas and you have a lot of things you want to try, it's also great because you have the flexibility and the freedom to be able to try the things you want to try, do the things you want to do and make your business exactly what you want it to be, not what someone else wants it to be. So working for yourself is better and more secure than working for someone else most of the time. Number nine, you will doubt yourself you will be scared, and you will wonder if it's worth it. (laughs) Spoiler alert, so does everybody else. (laughs) It's perfectly normal to feel self-doubt, to feel fear, to have those moments of existential crisis. (laughs) Why am I doing this? (laughs) What's the point? Um, It happens to everyone. It's normal. It doesn't feel normal. It feels terrifying. I know. I've been there. I still feel scared sometimes when I try something new. You know, if I put a new course or a new thing out there into the world it's still scary you know it it gets less I will be honest it gets less scary because when you've been doing it for a long time you get you can kind of get a feel for it you have a lot of experience you have a lot of failures behind you but you also have a lot of successes behind you and so you can be a little bit more confident that certain things are going to work doesn't mean they're always going to but you have a better idea. So it, you, it does get less scary, <laughs> but it never goes away completely. And I think that's a good thing because that little bit of fear that, you know, it kind of keeps you on your toes a bit and keeps you moving forward and trying new things. So it's it's really important to not let this stop you. Like if if the self-doubt and the fear is actually stopping you from trying at all, then you need to get get past it. You need to just feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, that's a, it's a great quote and it's so true. Don't expect that it's going to be easy. Don't expect that it's going to be without some stress and some fear. It will have those things and do it anyway, because what's the worst that can happen? It fails. Well, if you don't do it, it's already hundred percent sure that it's going to fail, right? You know, if you don't try something, you have a hundred percent failure rate already. So why not give it a go? And if you, you know, if there is a specific thing holding you back, try to work out what that is and see if you can actually challenge it and move past it. Because it may be, a, you know, past experience or a person in your life who you're worried about their reaction or whatever it might be. And sometimes the fear might be founded, you know, so it, there might be something that you're like, oh gosh. I don't know if I should be doing this. And there might be that gut feeling. Listen to that. You know, there might be a reason why something is not the right thing to do. But I'm going to guess that most of the time it's not that. I'm going to to assume most of the time it's simple self-doubt or fear of failure or fear of success. That's a real thing too. Okay. How is your life going to change if you actually achieve this dream? (laughs) Maybe that's scary as well. But everybody feels it. It's normal. You just need to, you know, feel if you do it anyway and move through it. So a couple of episodes on this. Episode 31, and this is a real good one. I highly recommend this one. My friend Kirsten Devitt from Each To Own. Uh, Kirsten Devitt on creativity and confidence. And episode 58, Why Perfection Is A Dangerous Illusion. Go listen to those two. So we reached number 10. And what is number 10? Number 10 is there is no right way to do anything. There is only your way. I'm going to say that again. There's no right way to do anything. There is only your way. You're building your business. It's not my business. It's not your neighbor's business. It's not that other person who's doing this thing you want to do really well already's business. It's your business. You can only build it your way. Now I'm a big believer in evidence and I'm also a big believer in autonomy. So my advice is listen to advice, but remember whoever's telling you this, it's, it's just their advice. It's my experience. It's other people's experience. All we have to to draw on is our own life experience. So someone like me who's sharing my own experience and my advice Maybe something I say isn't right for you. And if that's the case, do what's right for you. You know, I'm just one person drawing on my experience and the experience of other people that I am in contact with and that I've seen. Yes, that's a lot of people. So, I, you know, I, I do have a lot of evidence that I'm pulling from when I share my advice. But trust your own experience. Do your research and then trust your own autonomy. Do what works for you and what works for your business. Work out what your why is, why you're doing what you're doing, and then work out what your way is. What's your way of creating this business? Just because other everybody else has done it a certain way doesn't mean you have to, and it doesn't mean it's the best way for you. A great episode on this is episode 46, and that episode is called The Power of Being True to You in Business with Jill from Four Strange Women and she has a very unique business that's very successful and that's also very different to what other people in her industry do. So that's my final my final piece of advice is listen to advice but then do things your own way. <laughs> because you know what a lot of you might be advice junkies and that's okay to a point you know you subscribe to the podcast you listen to them you do courses you read books and with all of that happening, you're looking for the magic, the magic pill or that magic line that's going to solve all your problems and make you figure everything out immediately overnight. It doesn't exist. Um, You are going to have to figure it out for yourself. (laughs) As scary as that is only, you know, you are in charge here. This is yours, your business, no one else's. You are going to work out the best way to do it. And that is awesome and exciting and terrifying. But imagine like, where will you be when you've, you've made those steps forward? Imagine what you want your business to look like. Imagine what you want your life to look like in a month, six months, 12 months, two years, five years, 10 years, however far down the track, you're thinking that you want to still be running this business. Think about how you want it to feel And how you want it to look and how you want to be spending your days. um, Because uh, as you know, the quote again, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. So think about that. And if something isn't working for you or you don't enjoy it or it's not what your customers want, then change it. Figure it out. Do it your way. And that is the right way to do it. I will leave you there, my friends. Thank you so much for being here for this very special anniversary episode. (laughs) Two years uh, and hopefully many, many more to come. If you have any uh, feedback uh, on this or any of the previous 99 episodes, I'd love to hear it. Uh, Leave me a review on iTunes or send me an email, jess at createandthrive.com. So I can hear from you and I, w- I love hearing from listeners. It makes my day. Two things quickly before I finish. Number one, Setup Shop is running in a few weeks' time. So if you want to join us for 30 days of an intensive on how to set up an online shop for your handmade business, don't miss that. Head over to createandthrive.com and look under courses for Setup Shop for all the details. And number two, I've started a bit of a... Um, share and care post on instagrams on a tuesday it's called thrive a tuesday come along um tag a couple of friends and it's not a follow thing what i'm actually asking you to do is find someone who's new to you in the thread and go leave them a positive supportive comment on their feed and hopefully we can build a bit more support not that the handmade community isn't already amazing but within our little thrivers, thriver community here, um, get to know each other a little bit better, which I think would be really fantastic. So thanks again, everybody for being here. This has been episode 100 of the Create and Thrive podcast. I'm Jess Van Den and goodbye for now.